As I intimated in my opening remarks, to see if you could hear what was the connection between the first reading of Elijah and Elisha and the gospel. And the connection seems to be saying farewell to your family. Elisha says, can I go and kiss my mother and father goodbye? And Elijah says, I haven't told you to do anything, go ahead. And so he does, and we have the great scene of killing the oxen and feeding everybody. The gospel seems far harsher. May I go and tell my family goodbye? And Jesus didn't say you can't. He says, but he who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom. And right before that, we have, may I go and bury my father? And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Sounds very harsh. I'll say a few things about it, but what we need to first realize is that the call of God is not something we should take lightly. And we need, maybe the first question today is, are we following the Lord or are we just sort of kind of waiting on the edge until we kind of have to. Now you're here at Mass, so that's a good sign. But we all know people who, they're good people, but they probably won't begin to deal seriously with their call until they know the end is near. We need to ask that question. Are we following his call to be his prophets? to be Elijah and Elisha for our day. I'll end with that. But the dead burying the dead. Now, what we have to keep in mind is that in many cultures and amongst the Jews as well, someone dying had its own cultural rituals as we have in our time. And part of the ritual was that you had you even paid for professional mourners to come to weep and to wail outside your house. The perfect scene of that is another scene in the Gospels, as in all three synoptic Gospels, but the best one is in Mark chapter 5. This is the official's daughter who was very ill and they asked Jesus to come. And on the way, she dies, and so they come and say, no need to bother you, she has died. And Jesus says, no, she's not dead, she's asleep. So they continue on, and he discovers these professional mourners weeping and wailing outside the home. And I love this, he throws them out. We often think of Jesus just getting mad at the tables of the buyers and the sellers in the temple. But he, get out of here. And he goes in, and the scene is great. He grabs a little girl, about 12, by the hand, and says, and we have the Aramaic in Mark's Gospel, Talita kum, the very words of Jesus, little girl, I tell you, get up. And so she gets up. And the point of that miracle and perhaps the saying of Jesus is that if we follow the Lord, we know that death is just a passage. 
and we believe in eternal life. We believe we shall see the Lord as he is and all those whom we love. That's, of course, easier said than done. Although I don't suspect any one of us here is ready to die now, but I know with the people that I have been privileged to work with, they are given the grace to be ready. I'm tired. I've done what I need to do. And we are shocked. We're not ready to let them go. But that's part of our faith, that we believe that this isn't it. While this is good, he made it good, we believe in a life far superior yet to come. And so that's why death has no power over us. A better way of saying, let the dead bury the dead. Nor should we let the sadness of our time overcome our hope and our faith. Okay. So, that's part of that connection. But the gospel is very strong. It's different little tidbits of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And one of them is they're passing through Samaria. And we all know about the Samaritans and the Jews that didn't like each other. And seemingly James and John goes to a village to get some provisions, I suspect, for Jesus and his disciples they had to eat. And they weren't welcomed. And so now, remember who these are. This is James and John. John, supposedly the beloved disciple. They come back to Jesus and they say, Lord, you want us to cast down fire upon these people? You wouldn't imagine the apostles thinking that way. And Jesus rebukes them. But let's be honest. We're all basically nice people. The bad people didn't come to Mass today. No, I'm joking. We want to be kind. We do. But there are moments when we get furious and angry. And sometimes, rightfully so, there is righteous anger. There are times when we want to sort of think poorly about someone else. One of my favorite scenes, and I've used this a couple of times, is in the movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Harrison Ford is fighting all the bad guys, and he sort of fought them all off to this one bad dude, all dressed in black, steps out, he's got his sword, he goes, and you see Harrison Ford sort of go, oh. so he grabs his gun and shoots him. Supposedly that wasn't part of the script, but they kept it because it was so good. I think there are times when we feel that way, that we would just like to shoot somebody, but we know we can't, I mean, that's not what we do. But the anger is there, and the Lord is saying, we cannot do that. We have a greater call a greater mission, a greater example we must set, which is the difficult part, the part to see what he sees and trust in his will to be his disciples. The other part of that gospel talks about 
I want to follow you, Lord, wherever you go. And Jesus says, well, you know, foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That is, this is not our home. And maybe we are too comfortable. And we forget that we are citizens of heaven, to use another term, that this is not our home. And so, the gospel reminds us of our greater call to follow him and be prophets like Elijah and Elisha for our time. The second reading sort of reminds us, and we forget that this is also in Paul's writings, the great second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. He writes it here in Galatians. We're more familiar with it with the two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But loving your neighbor as yourself is not so easy. We see all their faults and failings. We do. And sometimes they drive us right up the wall. We know that. Sometimes it's your spouse. No, I'm joking. Okay. Drive you right up the wall. And yet, we have to love because God has loved us. We have to be his disciples. He has loved us, he has forgiven us, and therefore we must try to see what he sees. And let's bring in all the senses to hear what he hears. Oftentimes when we're angry, we don't hear very well. And to speak what he would want us to speak. That, I think, is what it can mean to be a prophet for our time to see what the Lord sees, to hear what he's telling us we should hear, and to speak what others need to hear. If we do that, we will surely love our neighbor as ourselves.